1: long I will say long live Swiftcast your headphones playing our podcast nothing is sweeter than
0: Swiftcast Hey everyone welcome to episode 106 of Swiftcast. this is Steph Ashley and Adam And we have a really exciting episode for you this week. If you haven't already listened to our last episode, episode 105, we covered the first night of Tokyo, which was really, really exciting. We were delirious because we didn't get any (laughs) sleep. So today we will be much more focused and rested. But we'll be talking about the tour a little bit later on in the episode and we'll certainly give spoiler warnings for people who are trying to avoid any information about the tour before their dates come up. One of the first really exciting things that happened this week is Taylor started giving us all these bad blood video teasers. She just decided to randomly start releasing these posters early in the morning, of course. It's always like you wake up and then your whole day becomes this frenzy because Taylor (laughs) did something. And the first one was Taylor starring as Catastrophe. And the poster says at the top it's directed by Joseph Kahn, who directed the Blank Space music video. Very, very exciting. And it has Taylor as Catastrophe, and it says premiering at the Billboards on Sunday, May 17th. So this poster looks really just like Taylor is just so fierce in these posters.
1: Yeah, it looks really cool. I think it looks very much like a movie poster, which is awesome, uh, because it makes it seem like the music video will be very entertainment-like and almost like a mini movie. And I was very happy to see Joseph Kahn's name on the poster, because as we all know, Blank Space was basically an epic video. So I assume this one is going to be just as epic, if not more so.
2: Yeah, my first thought was I wish he had directed the style video because I still feel like they could have done more with that. I agree.
1: Definitely.
0: I think this will just blow style out of the water, really. Style's a a good video, but they could have done a lot more with it, like Ashley said. I think this, like Adam said, is going to be sort of a movie. I'm getting kind of like a Trouble feel, how Trouble felt like a mini-movie, except I think this will be even longer, maybe like even eight minutes or something.
1: I definitely think so, too. And we were looking up earlier, and it looks like the music video will be opening the Billboard Awards. So that'll be cool. It should be at 7 Central, 8 Eastern on Sunday, and it looks like it will kick off the show. So that'll be super exciting.
0: And then we won't be able to focus on the rest of the show because (laughs) we'll all be going crazy. But one thing I noticed, I didn't notice it. Other people pointed it out. And then I thought, oh, wow. When Abigail was in Nashville and Taylor was blow drying Olivia because Olivia jumped into the bathtub, if you remember that, Abigail Instagrammed it and the caption was meat catastrophe. So she was referring to Taylor, I guess, even though Olivia is the one who jumped in the tub. I thought that was crazy.
2: I wanted to say there's a chance that that post from Abigail gave Taylor the idea could be
0: because
2: it was months ago i don't know i'm just not totally convinced that the video was already set in stone at that point
0: yeah it could be a weird coincidence or it could have made taylor come up with that name for her character there are several other characters in this video, which is another reason why I think it will be sort of like a movie. And Taylor's been slowly tweeting posters of each character, sometimes twice a day, which of course sends everyone into a frenzy. So, the other characters so far include Lily Aldridge as Frostbite, Zendaya as Cutthroat, Haley Williams as The Crimson Curse, Gigi Hadid as Slazy. I love that. <laughs> that's great ellie golding as destructica x hayley steinfeld as the trinity and lena dunham as lucky fiori so these posters are all very i guess for me the best word is fierce all of these women look just very powerful and just like they're gonna kill you slay you (laughs) so i think this music video is going to be very empowering for females kind of like a girl power sort of thing
1: I feel like it's going to be violent because if you've seen the couple of the posters, for example, uh, Zendaya's looks like she has is holding a knife in her poster. And then Ellie Golding's, I can't really tell for sure, but I feel like that's either a gun or like maybe a rocket launcher or something on her shoulders.
2: Well, I know when they were on the set and the photos were starting to come out, people were speculating it had some sort of Japanese fighting theme
0: to it. Right. Didn't you say there were samurai swords? Yeah, I think people were saying that.
1: Which of the posters uh, has been your favorite so far?
0: Wow, that's really tough.
1: Gigi looks really awesome in hers.
2: She does. I really like Haley
0: Steinfeld. How about you, Adam?
1: I think the Crimson Curse for Haley is a perfect name. And then her red hair, while the rest of the poster is in black and white, really stands out. And then I'm also going to say like Ashley Haley Steinfeld's because her name is the Trinity and she's the only person that has her picture three times on the poster. So I wonder what that kind of indicates.
0: Yeah, it looks really interesting.
2: And, you know, they're already selling merchandise on taylorswift.com with Taylor's poster and a t-shirt that also has her poster image on it. I wish they would sell them shirts and posters for all of these.
0: They're really, really good. And Lena Dunham's, she's holding this cigar. It kind of reminds me of like The Godfather or something. I don't know why. But these are all just really awesome and artistic. I can't even imagine the kind of time and money they put into doing all of this work. And we haven't even seen the video yet. I also love that the caption underneath Bad Blood is band-aids don't fix bullet holes.
1: Seems very appropriate. It does. And that's a great line from the song. And I'm sure it will pertain to the video very well.
2: And I guess we're still not really confirmed on whether this video is going to be a remix of the song.
0: I think it will be. Nothing's been confirmed, but because Republic Records announced it would be a remix that would have the impact date of May 19th, I think it would make sense for her to do the music video as the remix.
2: Which still leaves the mystery of who is on the remix.
0: Exactly. And we talked about on earlier episodes how Kendrick Lamar was spotted possibly filming for this video. I've been saying all along I thought it was Kanye, but now, I don't know, second-guessing myself, maybe it's Kendrick, maybe it's someone else. I kind of thought maybe radio stations would start playing the song this week because they often start to play it before the actual impact date. So it's possible we'll find out very soon. I remember Style was played a few weeks before it was actually officially released. So I really thought we would already have heard the remix by now, but I haven't heard it anywhere.
2: I guess it's something that might have to be specially delivered to each radio station.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that they're probably really trying hard to keep everything under wraps.
1: Yeah, maybe they're just keeping this extremely top secret. And then once the video hits on Sunday, the 17th, the radio stations will be able to play it after that.
0: It will be exciting to hear this on the radio. Just one second ago, Taylor just
2: tweeted something about the video that we were actually kind of just speculating about. She said, Fun fact about Bad Blood music video each individual actor or actress chose their character's name and persona. And then she put catastrophe with the cat part in all caps and cat emojis around it. <laughs>
0: so maybe you're right. Maybe it really was. Abigail wrote Catastrophe when Olivia jumped in the tub and Taylor came up with it at that point.
1: And it's interesting to note that she wrote actor slash actress and we haven't seen any any male characters in the video yet. So I think we might see in the coming days. I think so.
0: And I'm imagining Taylor will continue to give us more of these posters. So by the time you hear this episode, there probably will be several other characters with awesome posters released but we will be sure to cover all of that next week along with the Billboard Awards. And speaking of the billboards, we had a really cool contest to give away an official Billboard magazine from 2013 when Taylor won eight Billboard Awards and she covered the magazine. So congratulations to jenfearless Fearless 13 on Twitter. If you could please contact us through Twitter so that we can get you your prize. Congratulations. And next, we're going to give you some of Taylor's older tweets from various years. We'll start back with
1: 2011 from this week. And back in 2011, on May 14th, Taylor tweeted, I decided to open up our last tour rehearsal to the public. All ticket sales will go to Tornado Victims. So that was really awesome when she was able to use, I believe, the Bridgestone Arena where she was rehearsing and she set up the whole tour and let fans buy tickets um, and they could see the very final rehearsal before she actually started the tour.
0: That was so cool. I would have to
2: say that not going to that is on my list of Swifty regrets. (laughs)
1: Definitely. I'm sure it was so unexpected. I mean, like, if you lived in Nashville, you'd have just heard probably the morning of or maybe the day before. Oh, we could go to see the tour rehearsals at Bridgestone Arena. Let's definitely do that. So if we were in that city, I'm sure we all would have gone.
0: Yeah, I do remember it being pretty last minute, but I'm sure lots of people have that on their Swifty regrets.
2: Well, the next one is from May 10th, 2012. Taylor tweeted the lyric along with a photo. Going back to Nashville, thinking about the whole thing, guess you gotta run sometimes. And that's from the song Nashville, which was, I think, both an arm lyric and a cover that she used on the Speak Now tour. Yeah, I think so. And then the photo was, I'm guessing this might be the backyard of her parents' house. I think so. I think this was right around when she started to spend more of her time in L.A. than Nashville.
0: Yeah, and the photo was just four chairs. Well, next was from may thirteenth of twenty twelve and Taylor wrote Celebrating this Mother's Day, reflecting back on past matching velvet holiday ensembles. And Taylor posted an Instagram photo of her with Andrea and they had on matching black outfits at Christmas time. And it's appropriate because Mother's Day just happened, so hopefully Andrea had a good Mother's Day this year.
1: That's a cute picture she put on Instagram there.
0: It'd be funny if they wore matching velvet holiday outfits again someday. (laughs) You know how people recreate photos? It seems like a popular thing. You see posts on Facebook of people taking these photos when they were little kids and they recreate the same pose. That would be amazing. (laughs) That would be really funny.
1: Well, the next tweet is an incredibly exciting one. It was from May 15th of 2012. And Taylor wrote, eating cheeseburgers, scribbling on guitars, writing songs with Ed Sheeran and a smiley face.
0: Very important.
1: Yes. Was that the very first time they sat down and wrote together?
0: Yeah, they were in Arizona, I think. And they got In-N-Out Burger.
1: Yep, they got In-N-Out
0: that was the very
2: first time I ever heard of him.
1: Me
0: too. I had no idea who he was. And now I think he's probably the artist I've seen the second most times with Taylor being the first, of course. He's really just changed everyone's lives, I feel like. We're so happy she introduced him to us.
1: Three years later, and look what he has become. It's so awesome.
0: Yeah, he's going to be finally doing a stadium in the US. And I'm very thankful Taylor worked with him. Well, the next
2: one is from May 14th, 2013. And Taylor tweeted about to watch the new girl season finale. And I totally would be even if I wasn't in this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that was already two years ago. I just
2: remember being so sad that she wasn't in more of the episode. Me too.
1: Yeah, wasn't it essentially like one minute basically.
2: Right at the very end pretty much. And they teased it, building it up to be a much bigger appearance.
0: They really did. Our last one for this week is from May 16th of 2014. And Taylor actually quotes Austin in this tweet. She wrote, If you continue to not take this game seriously, it will continue to not reward you. And Austin was talking about playing pool with Taylor. And this is funny because Taylor always talks about how terrible she is at pool, but she absolutely loves the game. This had to have been right after she had just
2: moved into her apartment with the pool table.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Austin, he's going to be graduating from Notre Dame soon. So congrats to him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do next.
2: I think he's going to become the new president of 13 Management. <laughs> I'm not, Honestly, I'm not even kidding. I could honestly see him doing that.
0: He could. He could. Didn't he major in photography and business?
2: Maybe he'll be the tour photographer since he has a bunch of free time now.
0: Oh, for the tour book too, right?
2: Yeah, they're going to need a lot of pictures of the first few U.S. shows to put that together.
0: And he's so good. That photo that he took at Gillette for Taylor's first ever stadium show for Fearless, that's such an awesome photo. So he was so talented back then, and I'm sure now that he majored in it, he's just even better.
2: I would love to see him just join a touring theater
0: company too. Well, yeah, you got to see him act.
1: Yeah, maybe he could do something more with being in plays or maybe even get into directing. Who knows?
0: Either way, I'm sure he'll do amazing at whatever he does because he's a Swift. And that's how they work. Well, next we have some news for you. So we're going to go right into keeping up with Swift.
2: Well, if the bad blood news this week wasn't enough to kill us, Taylor then revealed that she's going to be on the cover of L. U. S. magazine for June 2015. And that's going to be on newsstands in just about a week on May 19th. And just the photos I've seen so far, I mean, I'm never not wowed by her magazine shoot, but this seems like an especially good one.
0: Oh, yeah. What is it with Taylor pretty much announcing a video and then it's always like the same day Then a magazine cover comes out with the announcement of the style music video Then Vogue came out and it's like too much to handle because you're trying to like process the video news and then you're also trying to read all these interviews and great quotes.
1: She's just so busy. She's got to keep us on her feet. She
0: really does. Well, another piece of news this week is that Comcast slash Xfinity was announced as being the lead sponsor of the US leg of the 1989 tour. I was kind of surprised by this. I thought Diet Coke would be the lead sponsor, but I guess not.
2: Well, I was reading about some of what the sponsorship plans to do, and it sounds like they're going to have On Comcast On Demand, which is basically the on-demand selection of shows and videos that you have if you have Comcast at home. There's going to be a special Taylor section with, I guess, clips and behind the scenes from the tour, so that sounds cool.
0: That will be really cool. If you have Comcast, you can just hit On Demand then and watch it on your TV. I do believe, though, that Keds will also be partly sponsoring the U.S. leg, right? I would think so, since they just came out with the tour Keds. Right, and they had a booth in Tokyo. They did, yeah. So I don't know if that means Elizabeth Arden and Diet Coke just aren't involved this tour, or if they just have a smaller role. I guess we'll have to see.
1: Well, Taylor had a little article in Rolling Stone, and it detailed the seven songs that made her, meaning the seven songs that, not only growing up, but even into the current day, have been incredibly important to her. So the seven songs include You're So Vain by Carly Simon, This Kiss by Faith Hill, Lego House by Ed Sheeran, Blood Bank by Bonnie Vay, The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional, and Backseat Freestyle by Kendrick Lamar. This was a great list. Yeah, and it just shows how much of a wide variety of music Taylor likes and listens to.
2: Yeah, and we've heard her talk about a lot of these songs before, so I know that this really is true. She didn't just make these up off the top of her head.
0: I loved that she included The Middle by Jimmy Eat World, because when she talked about it, she said, I remember listening to this song on the bus to school. I felt comforted by it because I never felt like I really fit perfectly into any clique at school. And this song meant a lot to me when I was in high school, too, just because in high school, life is just really hard. And The Middle is kind of like one of those songs, just don't worry, kind of like shake it off, really. Everything's going to be fine. Just take some time. So that was cool. And the fact that she mentioned Dashboard Confessional is also cool because she just had them at Abigail's birthday party.
1: And going along with what you said, Steph, about the middle, um, it was very cool because Taylor did get to perform that with the lead singer of Jimmy World back in two
0: thousand eleven. Yeah. Do you remember which city that was?
1: It was in Glendale, Arizona.
0: Oh. I actually didn't remember that. Did you get to see that?
1: No, I just looked it up. So I'm not a genius or anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can pretend you're a genius and we'll take it.
1: (laughs) But I also wanted to mention one other song, and that is Backseat Freestyle by Kendrick Lamar. And the little quote that Taylor had about that was, This past year I moved to New York, and for the first time I was dealing with dozens of paparazzi outside my place every day. At first, I got really anxious every time I'd be about to open the car door. They'd crowd around me and yell. And then one day, I put on my iPhone on shuffle and backseat freestyle came on. Something about Kendrick's voice and the beat made me feel safe. It was pretty much all I listened to that summer. So I thought that was neat that she found a song to kind of let her escape from the paparazzi and she could just put that song on, get out of the car and walk to wherever she needed to go to.
0: They really are terrible. (laughs) They are. I'm really glad that she had the song to make her feel better. And really, when Taylor was out in New York, when she first moved there, she did have her headphones on all the time. I remember early on in the spring, she actually dropped her whole headset. And of course, the paparazzi just took photos of her bending down to pick up her headphones instead of helping her. So that was a cool article. I liked hearing about all the songs that really influenced her.
2: And I guess several of these songs already had special guest performances with her doing them on past tours, but I feel like we need to get the others. Absolutely. Faith Hill. I will be pretty surprised if Kendrick doesn't show up on this tour.
0: That would be awesome. Oh yeah, I think he will.
2: Well, our next piece of news is that as of today, Blank Space has over 841 million views, which is crazy. And so it's getting close to a billion. So everyone should make sure to keep watching it so that it gets there soon.
1: That just shows the power of Taylor combined with director Joseph Kahn. So I think we can anticipate that the Bad Blood music video will be hitting the millions of views incredibly quickly
2: especially when you think about all the guest stars in it and all of their fans wanting to watch it too.
1: Good point.
0: Oh, yeah. Shake It Off has over 800 million views as well. So Taylor is one of the only people to have two videos with that many views. Interestingly, I think Katy Perry is another one, but I'm very confident she'll hit a billion very soon. After just tearing the house down and just slaying everything in Tokyo, Taylor came back to L.A., She was spotted out in about this week in L.A. Then over the weekend, she actually went to the Wango Tango concert. She was there with Haim and Kendall Jenner, and they were watching Calvin Harris perform. And then she also, this past weekend, went on a hike with Gigi Hadid in L.A.
1: It looked like she was having a lot of fun when Calvin was performing. Lots of dancing.
0: It looked like a big dance party. And Taylor even took time to hang out with fans, which was really cool. Well, next we want to give you Taylor's upcoming schedule so that you will know where to watch things online and when to set your DVRs.
1: Yeah, on this Friday, May 15th, Taylor will be performing at the Rockin' Rio in Vegas. And Taylor mentioned on Tumblr when she was returning home from Tokyo that they are bringing the entire 1989 world tour to Las Vegas for the Rock and Rio. And Taylor is scheduled to hit the stage, I believe, at 11.10 p.m. Pacific time. And it looks like you will be able to go to the Rock and Rio website or otherwise go to Yahoo to watch the performance live.
2: Who's not sleeping again? (laughs) I think I might try to not watch, just since I will be seeing the show a week later.
0: Yeah, and if you stay up that late, you might be miserable. I definitely felt sleep-deprived all of last week after staying up for Tokyo.
2: At least this wins on a Friday night. You can sleep in Saturday if you do decide to stay up. True.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if I have decided if I want to stay up in the central time zone, it'll start about 1:10 a.m. But like Ashley said, we're getting so close to the rest of the US dates after Rock and Rio that it might be a good idea just to skip it and wait to see it in person.
0: The other thing is, the stage at Rock and Rio is already set up and everything, so I don't think Taylor will be able to bring all of the elements of her production, especially the huge catwalk. I don't think she can incorporate that. I mean, she's Taylor Swift, they might figure out a way to do it for her, but I'm not so sure that even though it's the full tour for the US, I don't know that it would be all of the same stage and production elements.
1: Yeah, you're right. It could very well be the same set list, but minus some of the theatrics or fireworks or big screens in the background, however their stage is set up.
2: So that's taking place Friday in Vegas and then Sunday also in Vegas are the Billboard Awards which as we mentioned the Bad Blood video will be premiering at the very beginning of the show. And they still haven't said for sure that Taylor will be attending or performing but we'll find out soon and she has just tons of nominations throughout the whole night which include Top Artist, Top Billboard 200 Artist, Top Billboard 200 Album, Top Hot 100 Artist, Top Hot 100 Song, Top Female Artist, Top Radio Songs Artist, Top Digital Songs Artist, Top Digital Song, Top Streaming Artist, top streaming song video for Shake It Off in Blank Space, top social artists, and chart achievement. And chart achievement is fan voted, and that's ongoing right now, so get in your last couple of days of voting at billboard.com.
0: And as we mentioned earlier, next week on episode 107, we'll be covering everything you need to know about the billboards. For now, we're going to move on to our mini-segments, because so many of you have lots of Swifty problems this week. Our first one comes from at Melly underscore VC13, and she wrote, Love me like I love Taylor Swift. Wait a minute, that's impossible. Swifty problems.
1: (laughs) Our next one comes from 1989 Ideas, and they said, Walks up to my room with a glue gun and material, dot dot dot. People in my house look worried. Swifty problems.
0: (laughs) Don't want to end up with a nasty scar.
1: I wonder if they were making something for the tour, like a poster or something.
2: Probably. Our next one is from at shining underscore Swifty. Whenever I read Taylor, I automatically read Swift. Swifty problems.
0: (laughs) That's so true, though. We always just call her Taylor. She's just like a friend to the world. Our next one is from at Sydney Swifty. Sitting here with popcorn, waiting for Taylor Swift to appear on Tumblr. Swifty problems. She's been on Tumblr a lot. And actually, something hilarious happened with the Bad Blood posters that I forgot to mention earlier. But somebody made posters with Meredith and Olivia for the Bad Blood with the same background and everything. And Meredith was claws. And Olivia was the aggressive sleeper. (laughs) And Taylor reblogged them and pretty much said she's still devastated about Meredith clawing her. But they were just really cute.
1: They were. The Olivia poster is just hilarious. It's Olivia just completely passed out, (laughs) sleeping, and it's a perfect name for her, the aggressive sleeper. (laughs) And our last one for the day comes from at Sarah WRR13. I only have a few more days of feeling 22 left with a crying emoji. Swifty problems. That's rough.
0: Next, we have some fashion updates for
1: you.
2: So the very first night of Loft 89 was in Tokyo on May 5th, which was very exciting. And Taylor wore a Stephen Allen crossover shirt in blue, which the exact one is not available, but you can get a sleeveless version of it for $178.
0: That shirt's really cool. She's worn it before when she's been out and about. I like how different it is. For L magazine for the June 2015 issue, Taylor wore an Armani Privé top with Armani Privé pants, and those are custom, no price because no one probably will be able to afford them. And just to explain how much her outfit costs probably, she had earrings on. They were from Lynn Ban. They're called the Double Cross Earrings, and they are $4,200.
1: Wow. It's pretty steep. You could go to like every 1989 show for that price. (laughs) On May 8th, while out to lunch in West Hollywood in California, Taylor was seen wearing Alice and Olivia high-waisted lace shorts, and those can be found for $297. Also a Charlotte Olympia feline leather shoulder bag. That is $811. She was wearing Prada suede platform ankle boots, which are $990. And one other note is that Taylor's necklace featured the adorable Olivia, and that was a birthday present from friend Lena Dunham. Lena had had the necklace custom created for Taylor by the California-based jeweler Irene Neuwirth.
2: Meredith probably gets really upset when Taylor wears that necklace.
1: (laughs) And That uh, shoulder bag that I mentioned is the hilarious purse with the cat face on it, right?
0: It's a little different than the one she had a few weeks ago. This one's more rectangle. Oh, okay. And I think pink. the other one from a couple of weeks
1: ago was round. You're right, it was. It had like a round cat face, yeah.
0: Totally worth
2: $800.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: It's so funny to me how sometimes Taylor has these giant bags and sometimes she just has tiny little clutches. Yeah. Although I guess she always has someone with her who can hold her stuff.
0: Yeah. And really, she pies her foam with her all the time and red lipstick. I don't know what else. Well, our
2: last outfit is from when she was backstage at Wango Tango in Los Angeles on May 9th. She had on the Ralph Lauren Melissa knitted sweater. And I saw people kind of going crazy over this sweater.
0: I really like it. It's so colorful.
2: And with it, she was wearing Joe's jeans, 55 color shorts, and top and nod. Those are no longer available. And she had her Prada ankle boots again, which are sold out. And she had yet another new purse, which was the Coach Legacy Leather Amanda flat bag, which is actually pretty affordable at $198.
0: I feel like I've rarely seen Taylor use Coach bags, but I really liked the bag that she had. It was really good for a festival kind of outing. Well, thank you as always to tastewithstyle.com for her fashion updates. You can go to her website and see photos and links to the outfits that we mentioned here. Next, for our main discussion this week, we want to talk more about the tour in Tokyo. So if you're trying to avoid tour talk, skip to the end of the episode to avoid spoilers. We're also going to be talking about the L interview where Taylor had some really great quotes within her interview so for the second night of the Tokyo tour, last week we mentioned we thought maybe the setlist would change. We thought, all of us thought You Are In Love was the secret song of the night. But for the second night of Tokyo, Taylor kept the setlist exactly the same. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that's what it will be here in the US. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm happy with the setlist, so I'll be perfectly content if she leaves it the same
1: Yeah, I think we're going to have to see a couple shows in the U.S. to determine and kind of figure out what Taylor's thought process was. And if there is a secret song that changes each week or if there's going to be covers in the U.S. and there wasn't in Tokyo or it'll take us a couple shows to get acclimated to what's going to be coming each night.
0: Yeah, I still always loved Ashley's idea about her covering an 80s song every night. Oh, yeah. That would be a cool addition for the U.S., But we were able to see more high quality photos of some of the costumes. Taylor even changed some of the costumes for some of the songs. And you could see the stage more in detail and some of the graphics on the screens. And of course, after we recorded our last episode, we found out about Loft 89, which is the new tea party slash club red. We all thought it was going to be called Wonderland or Club 89. (laughs) And it's actually Loft 89. I think Taylor wants to go for the New York apartment feel, and I'm excited to see what it looks like in the U.S. because I'm betting it will be staged like an apartment. That would be cool. So it seemed like the tour was just really exciting. Last week, Ashley, Ashley, Nate, and I talked about our impressions of the tour. Unfortunately, Adam couldn't make that episode, so I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts were after you saw the set list and some of the photos and everything.
1: Yeah, I loved listening to your guys' discussion of the tour and completely agreed with basically everything that you said. I thought the set list was fabulous. I'm so glad that you got 15 out of the 16 songs that are on 1989, including the deluxe version, onto the tour set list. I'm wondering if we'll see Wonderland at all in the U.S. Maybe perhaps it was just something that Taylor didn't want to do in Tokyo because of stage constrictions. Maybe it's something that she will do in the us but we will see and one thing I absolutely loved that I hope she brings to the us is the light up wristbands because just seeing those videos you know those 10 second clips 30 second clips online it is so cool how the wristbands light up to the beat of the music they change colors and even I don't know if you guys noticed they have it set where different sections would light up so like the floor would light up and then the 100 level would light up and then the 200 level would light up, and just the visual was awesome.
0: It's so cool.
1: And then, like you guys mentioned, I love the remix version of I Knew Your Trouble, the remix rock version of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, the Enchanted Wildest Dreams mashup. Boy, Taylor just pulled out all the stops and caused us to die last Tuesday. <laughs> Honestly, those three things
0: you just mentioned might be what I'm most excited about, and they all involve older songs. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, I don't want older songs, I only want 1989, and here I am, like, I can't wait to see, we're never ever getting back together. I know, I never thought I would say that. She really just knows how to reinvent songs and make them so different. It's really exciting.
1: But yeah, we are just a short week away from the first U.S. show outside of Rock and Rio at Bossier City, Louisiana on the 20th.
0: Yes. And after that, she'll hit Baton Rouge. And then right after she hits Baton Rouge, she'll be going all the way over to Norwich for BBC Radio 1's Big Weekend. And then she'll come back to the U.S. for Detroit. So she's going to be busy. And just as a note, some of us... From SwiftCast, will be at Bossier and Baton Rouge, so we will be on episode 108, talking all about that, and then we have a lot of people going from the podcast to all the first dates, like Detroit, Louisville, Pittsburgh, so we'll be giving you in-depth coverage of the tour, and we're going to be really excited about it. I keep telling everyone that I'm about to embark on a world tour, (laughs) (laughs) because there are just so many dates to go see Taylor. It's kind of nice to live in an area where you can get easily to a lot of different dates. So we're very excited, and I'm sure you all are too. Definitely tweet us with your thoughts about what you thought about Tokyo, which dates you're going to, and when you finally get to see it, what you think about the show. I'm sure you're going to love it. But for now, we want to talk about Taylor's interview with Elle because she had some really interesting excerpts from this interview that Elle published on its website. I thought this interview just was much more in depth, even though it's a short one that they just published. It just seemed more in depth than other interviews, and Taylor's answers really blew me away. Some of them were a little bit sad, like this first one. The interviewer said, can you tell me more about how the way you go about songwriting has changed? And Taylor said, I'd never been in a relationship when I wrote my first couple of albums, so there were all these projections of what I thought they might be like. They were based on movies and books and songs and literature that tell us that a relationship is the most magical thing that can ever happen to you. And then once I fell in love, or thought I was in love, and then experienced disappointment or just not having it work out, I realized that the idea of happily ever after just doesn't happen in real life. There's no riding off into the sunset, because the camera's always rolling in real life. It's magical if you ask anyone who has ever fallen in love. It's the greatest. Now I have more of a grasp on the fact that when you're in a state of infatuation and you think everything that person does is perfect, it then, if you're lucky, morphs into a real relationship when you see that that person is not in fact perfect, but you still want to see them every day. I like that last line where when you're in a relationship at the beginning, it's great, everything's magical, but then when you get into day-to-day life, a lot of times it just fades away. You know, you fall in love till it hurts or bleeds or fades in time. And really, her quote there just wraps it up. So she's saying you really only know if you're in love, if after all of that time, you still want to see the person every day.
1: And it's even much more difficult for her because of the microscope that she's under by the media and the paparazzi.
0: Yeah, seems like it would be impossible.
1: Looking further into the article, the interviewer stated to Taylor and asked, I think that when people who've had success from a young age go through a train wreck cycle, it's usually because they're working on someone else's terms, so they feel the need to rebel. But when it's something you've built, you don't have that same kind of resentment or angstiness. But it's also difficult to keep those standards for yourself. Do you ever really worry that you're going to accidentally say something inflammatory? That's a really interesting question. And Taylor's response was, not necessarily. As far as the need to rebel against the idea of you or the image of you, I feel no need to burn down the house I built by hand. I can make additions to it. I can redecorate. But I built this, and so I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I wish I hadn't had corkscrew curly hair and worn cowboy boots and sundresses to award shows when I was 17. I wish I hadn't gone through that fairy tale phase where I just wanted to wear princess dresses to award shows every single time. Because I made those choices. I did that. It was part of me growing up. It wasn't some committee going, you know what Taylor needs to be this year? And so with 1989, I feel like we gave the entire metaphorical house I built a complete renovation, and it made me love the house even more, but still keeping the foundation of what I have always been.
0: I love that so much. She has such a way with words. I can't even put into words to describe how good she is at answering these questions. But it, that's just it, you know? Sure, she's changed, but she's still the same. That's a quote that she's always said, you know, I'm... I'm going to change, but I'm always going to be the same. And this quote
1: right here just really sums that up. And as we've heard with 1989, ever since it came out back in October, it was definitely a renovation or a new sound for Taylor because obviously it is her first all pop album. But as Stefan mentioned, you still get that same Taylor quality, even though it's not country anymore, it's pop. And as the fandom has come to know and understand, we all love 1989 so much. And I think no matter what Taylor does in the future, we're still going to follow and love whatever project she works on next.
2: Well then, Tavi Gevinson said, I want to ask you about clean. The girl singing is so sensible with none of the impulsiveness of blank space or style. Taylor said, Shake it off and clean were the last two things we wrote for the record, so it shows you where I ended up mentally. Plain, I wrote, as I was walking out of Liberty in London, someone I used to date, it hit me that I'd been in the same city as him for two weeks and I hadn't thought about it. When it did hit me, I was like, oh, I hope he's doing well and nothing else. The first thought that came to my mind was, I'm finally clean. I'd been in this media hailstorm of people having a very misconstrued perception of who I was. There were really insensitive jokes being made at award shows by hosts. There were snarky headlines in the press. Taylor goes through a breakup. Well, that was swift. (laughs) Focusing on all the wrong things. I don't remember that headline, but I definitely know there were lots of ones like it.
0: Yeah. And I'm laughing because I'm so glad she said that. I'm surprised she didn't say, maybe I'm the problem. (laughs) That would have been even better.
1: And was that new information that we learned? Or did we already know that Shake It Off was written very much at the end of this album writing process?
0: She did tell us it was in February of 2014. But so was style. And we knew Clean was written when she was wrapping up the London dates for the Red Tour. I think this is just an awesome quote, how she says a heartbroken person is unlike any other person. Their time moves at a completely different pace. And it's funny, these questions that the interviewer asked were so different and unique. Taylor probably didn't even have any time to think about it. And she just comes up with this stuff.
2: Well, I think she mentioned that she's pretty good friends with her.
0: Yeah, I think they had met years ago, right? I think so. So that's cool. The last question we wanted to cover for Elle that we know of this week, as it gets closer to the issue date, we might get more excerpts that we'll cover. But the last one for this week is the interviewer said that her favorite lyric from You Are In Love is, you're my best friend. And Taylor wrote, yeah, I've never had that, meaning that she's never had a relationship where her partner is her best friend. And so Taylor said, I wrote that song about things that Lena told me about her and Jack. And that's basically stuff she's told me. And I think that that kind of relationship, it sounds like it would just be so beautiful, would also be hard. It would be mundane at times. And like we mentioned earlier, the photos in this issue are really cool. There are really great ones of Taylor with an acoustic guitar. I'm excited to pick this up.
1: Yeah, I like the one where she's holding the guitar and she's actually airborne when the photo was snapped. Yeah, they're really cool pictures. So
0: I believe this will be on newsstands on May 19th. Check it out. Pick up a copy or two.
2: I'll probably be picking it up in the airport as I'm on my way to the show.
0: Exactly. Just a few reminders for you before we sign off. Please remember to press the subscribe button on iTunes, and then it will download the latest episode for you automatically. And please feel free to contact us at any time about anything you want to talk about, tour, L, anything. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13, SwiftCast13 SwiftCast13.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can Email us with any of your questions or concerns or anything at theswiftcast swiftcast13 at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at swiftcast13.com, and there you will find all of our episodes. iTunes only lists our last 100 episodes. And since we're beyond that at this point, if you want to go back and listen to some of the older ones, you can find them there at swiftcast13.com. So finally, next week, Taylor will. What do you think?
1: I think she's going to take home 11 out of the 14 nominations she has for the billboards.
2: I like it. I think that she's going to reveal that those cat posters were actually real posters and that they are in the video.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the video. Well, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, probably because I'm so depressed about it, one thing I know is not going to happen is SNL will not announce Taylor as a host because the season finale is next Saturday. Louis C.K. is the host. And I just am so bummed about this. I really think they made a big mistake in not figuring out a way to get her on. I know she's really busy right now, but she's the New York representative, like the welcome ambassador. She wasn't on SNL this year as a host. I think it's problematic, but maybe
1: next year.
2: I just have to believe that they must have offered it to her and she just couldn't make it work with her schedule. You would think. Because you do need to carve out basically an entire week. And knowing her, she would probably want to rehearse for even longer than that.
1: That's a
0: good point. We've been waiting for six years. So we'll continue to wait. It will happen someday.
1: And the next season of Saturday Night Live will premiere usually in September, I believe. Uh, And she'll still be on the 1989 world tour. So maybe at some point later in 2015, at the end when she has a little bit of a break, she can find some time to do it.
0: I hope so. But other than that, I agree with Adam. I think she's going to take home a boatload of awards. And in the meantime, kill us all with these posters that she's just going to keep releasing. So next week, we will be back covering everything you need to know about the billboards. And it's going to be really, really exciting. So be sure to tune in for episode 107. For episode 106, this has been Steph, Ashley, and Adam. And we will see you next week. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor
2: Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.